1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: This is the High Hopes podcast. Hope- it's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Phillies on Radio dot com and Sports Radio ninety four WIP. Yo! It is another edition of
2: the High Hopes podcast. Jack, I don't know about you, but starting to feel it man football's
3: over it's baseball
2: time i'm feeling it buddy
3: well for me it's baseball season 365 That's um very, very true you focus on nothing else at all times. i know i know um so but i'm with you man like i honestly i saw the uh the tweet yesterday that you know the the trucks getting in and and they they reported clear water and all of a sudden i felt warm as it was snowing out and uh, starting to get giddy a little bit. Like, the fact, like, I just realized yesterday, I mean, we're going to have a spring training game on February 27th. Like, uh, it, it's, it's, it's like here. And I can't wait to overreact to every single little spring training thing. I mean, there's, there's, there's traditions unlike any other, you know, the masters are one of them. But overreacting to spring training for me is my favorite tradition. And um, I, for one, cannot wait for it, buddy. So we're almost there.
2: How many spring training games before I get a don't let the Phils get hot? How um long?
3: It's <laughs> tough it's tough for me to say that during spring training, but I can say this, James. It's not yeah. gonna take much for me to talk myself back into <laughs> Vince Velasquez. I, I,
2: I've, Jack, that is the literally the least shocking thing you could have said to me. Yep. Um all right. I wanna get into kind of where they stand and, and our excitement for the season, but Let's quickly uh, talk about some of the moves. Like they made some moves. Yeah, talk. It felt like there were like a couple days. There it was like, oh, another guy. Oh, another guy. Um, none were none, the- <laughs> none none were emergency pod worthy. <laughs> no, no, yeah, there we would have recorded before if we needed to do a Chase Anderson pod. Uh, but let's dive in. I, I think let's start with Chase Anderson. I think, I, I you know, I'm putting words in your mouth, but I think it's fair to say I think of all these kind of minor back of the the roster type signings. I think both of us were both like, really 4 million for chase Anderson. This one. I I just, I know he's an innings eater. I know he's a guy like this one. I just, I didn't get that. I, I've, I've enjoyed what they've been doing. I didn't get the chase Anderson move that much.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Me either. And like, I get it from the standpoint, if you want a guy that'll go out there and, and eat a ton of innings for you. But like, whenever I think of that term innings, eater, I don't know why I always just think of Aaron Harang. Like, oh, what both, a great, that's a great one. I mean, both yes. both physically and pitching wise, like he looks like he would be an innings eater if innings looks were like a Looks like an eater. Yes. That's
2: for sure, Jack.
3: Yes. yes. That's yes. where you're but, going. But if I was going for like an innings eater that also looked like an eater, I'd be going for like a Lance Lynn type, but whatever. Yes. Well, Lance Lynn, I think, is more than an innings I eater. I know Lance he is. is I know he is. But I like my innings eater to be matched up with an actual eater, and I feel like Lance Lynn's an eater.
2: But I uh... – Chase Anderson, a famous non-eater, which yes. is the problem. Yes, he's a vegan. So Is he?
3: Wow. No, I'm just making that. <laughs> like, yeah, I was gonna I no say idea. I didn't. Have, I didn't know. I didn't have that Chase Anderson fun <laughs> fact at my uh, disposal it's a de- like it's a, de-
2: you. it's a deep cut, right there, yeah. on Chase Anderson.
3: I uh, I just don't think Chase Anderson's good. Like I, I, I for me, if I'm spending four million dollars, at least give me someone with upside. I know there's not many great upside arms left. Like you're kind of at the bottom of the barrel when it comes to that. Um, but uh, you know. And I, I tweeted this, and people got so worked up about the seven million dollars thing. It's not really the point, but I would rather have one guy that I believe in for like seven to ten million versus two guys like Matt Moore and Chase Anderson for a combined seven million, who I don't know what I'm getting out of them. Like Chase Anderson was legitimately brutal last year, but but Did it- but here's the one thing that I can kind of see where the Phillies are coming from because. I like to try to figure out why they did things rather than just be like, blah, bad. So I tried to figure out why. (laughs) Didn't find much. But uh, what I did find was, you know, he did strike out a career high last year, like percentage-wise. I mean, he's striking out 24% of his batters. Um and I guess when you factor in in pitching in in Toronto, even though they were pitching in Buffalo last year, Buffalo last year, if you were a betting man, just take the over every game they played at that little stadium because yeah, well, Triple a park and all that.
2: minor leagues, Yeah, exactly.
3: Right. So um so maybe they're factoring like if you look at if you look at Chase Anderson's underlying numbers, they're not bad. Now if you look at the ERA, obviously bad, but I think the Phillies are betting on him to kind of come back to form a little bit and pitch around a four to four five ERA. If you get that out of Chase Anderson, you take it every day of the week.
2: Yeah, I guess so. And look, I think you can get that out of Chase Anderson. I mean, prior to last year's 722 ERA, 4239274, obviously 2017, a, a banner. You're a lot of luck involved in that. But yeah, look, I get it. And again, I, I do think. I'm not one of those people who just completely dismisses the idea of an innings eater having value. Like, it is like it's not exciting or whatever, but it's a long season. You know, it's 162, especially coming off a weird year, a 60 game season, players not in the best of shape potentially or certainly not as normal as it normally is. I could see the idea of loading up on guys who can give you innings. Like, I don't, I don't hate it from that perspective. I just, to your point, like I would have rather throwing a few extra in there and, and gone for a Taiwan Walker or gone for someone who's got real true upside. Someone who's not just like, like again, to your point, we're talking like, Oh, if they can get a four or five ERA out of Chase Anderson, that's a win. Yep. It's like, come on. Like, let's shoot higher than
3: that. <laughs> let's
2: shoot higher. Or even, or even Chase like, ten,
3: or even ten and a half million for Garrett Richards.
2: Absolutely. Again, Paxton's still out there. Like, they're guys. They're guys out there that you could take a real shot on for maybe a little bit more money. Look, Chase Anderson's fine. He's that guy who you pick up in your fantasy league. He gives you six innings, one run, four strikeouts. You're like, streamer. okay. He's a I streamer. Can, I deal with that. And then the next, you're like, I'll keep him. And then the next start, he gives you six innings, four runs, six strikeouts. You're like, okay, this will work. And then the next one's like four innings, seven runs. You know, it's just he's fine like he'll, he'll have some bad starts he'll have some okay starts like it it's fine I don't think it's a waste of four million but it was just uninspiring it was an uninspiring sign especially for a team that is at least purportedly you know claiming to to be tight up against that cap and seemingly not going to go over that cap and who knows we'll see especially as we've you know gone back and forth on this but I don't know it just felt like there were better ways to spend the four million personally in my mind
3: yeah, I, I totally agree, Um, and, and it comes down to this for me. It's like in, innings, these are fine, but you're not – Chase Anderson's not putting you over the top. I mean, if you can get James Paxton, Taewon Walker, and Garrett Richards types, you know, spend that little bit more money, you have a chance of getting a, a top three pitcher in your rotation when they're healthy and going, and yes, the the big risk there is the health, Um, but I want to take a shot on that level of upside and to – to just sign a guy because he's going to take down a ton of innings doesn't do anything for me. It, it's I understand it. It's, it can get you through a season, and these guys get banged up, and, and all that stuff. I understand it, but it's just not putting me over the top. It's getting through a season, not trying to. It's getting through a season versus trying to maximize your upside.
2: Yeah, I think that's a, a perfect way to put it. Um, now let me before we get to some of the other signings and stuff. What do you think the Chase Anderson signing, bringing Vinny back, Matt Moore, and we'll get into Matt Moore because I do love your theory that we've talked about a little bit, but the idea of turning him into a weapon out of the bullpen, I think literally couldn't make more sense to me than anything else. Like If they did that, I'd be like, oh, that that makes sense. I get it. Like I understand what you're doing here. But let's assume, as they've seemingly told us that Matt Moore is a starter, do you think the Chase Anderson, the Matt Moore bringing Vinny back do you think Spencer Howard maybe not going to be a part of the rotation to start? Do you think there's maybe they're going to play it a little slower with him than we thought?
3: I do. I think they're going to kind of slow play it a little bit. I think they're worried about that shoulder, um, and rightfully so. I mean, the guy hasn't pitched over 100 innings in, in any level yet. You know, I mean, this is a this will be the first time, hopefully, that he's ready for that. I would like them to not treat him totally with kid gloves, but I also think that there's underrating Spencer Howard. You know, he's starting to fall in all these prospect rankings, which always crack me up. Like, for me, Spencer Howard last year looked like a rookie. He just looked like a rookie starter. He wasn't perfect. He had some flashes. He lost some velo. I mean, he, I, I, I attribute a lot to his struggles last year to, to losing 10 pounds from earlier in the year and not being totally ready to go um, and losing that leg strength and all of that. So I actually think they're sleeping a little bit on Spencer Howard, but I do think they're going to limit his innings pretty, pretty, uh, pretty good because... You know, I think they're worried about that shoulder and I think they want to have him you know maybe for the stretch around or you know, maybe they want to use him out of the bullpen and they want to have him be like that multi- inning shutdown guy and sure, that's not the, the highest outcome for Spencer Howard that you want. but we've seen plenty of starters that have started in the bullpen and then gotten back into the into the rotation and if you want to limit his innings, you might as well make them high upside innings, right? I mean, <laughs> you know, having Spencer Howard ready to go in the, the seventh, eighth, maybe even ninth, with hopefully 98 of the bullpen is better than most options. So when we're clamoring for them to keep signing guys and to make that bullpen better, and they, I think they have made the bullpen better, I wonder if Spencer Howard is in their plans in the bullpen to where they can limit his innings but also maximize his potential versus like you know four or five inning starts um, and maybe skipping him every once in a while to try to, to try to limit wear and tear on the elbow. I, I don't know. I don't know. So I, I do think that a lot of this comes down to Spencer Howard. Um, and I think that's probably the right way to go at this point. Does it feel,
2: and we'll get into the other signings, but does it feel philosophically as I'm listening to talk about this, that this team wants to compete this year, but really feels like 2022, 2023 is there when they're really going to go for it? You know what I mean? Cause it feels like they're putting together a team that's going to be competitive, that has a chance to make the playoffs, right. but there are clear holes and there are clear uh, kid gloves with Spencer Howard and all this type of stuff where it feels like they feel like they're putting together a solid squad, but that they're yeah. maybe looking, especially when we're talking about going over the luxury tax and all that. Is that what you think their, their plan is as an organization?
3: Yeah, maybe. I mean, because I think about it, I think about I was actually thinking about the same thing the other day because I was just kind of trying to gauge where the Phillies were at. It almost feels like Dombrowski's taking this year as like, yeah, let's compete, whatever, and we'll try. But like I think they're waiting to get all the the bad ClemTec, you know, deals kind of off the books. <laughs> I mean they had Arietta come <laughs> off this year, and which is a massive help. Robertson and all that stuff. And then next year's another one with Kutch. And it, it's unbelievable, but it's actually not Gene Segora's last year last year next year. <laughs> he's, he's, got, unbelievable. he's got one more year on top of that. Um so yeah, I, I actually I actually do think that is part of in their plans. I mean, just thinking about, you know, kind of freeing up that money and and giving them more flexibility and being able to compete now, put together a pretty good team. Um, but I really do think that next year is going to be their year to fully go in. And I can't believe that, you know, we're a decade removed from making the playoffs. and so We're just talking about, but like, ah, oh, next year's the year. They're going to go all in. It's like, oh,
2: it's fun. Being a Phillies fan, fun this
3: very is, fun. Yes. This yes.
2: Is, this is our plight. All right. Next uh, year, let's I feel like the, other- the
3: Phillies every year is next year's the year. I mean, are we are are we stuck in our like our
2: podcast is called High Hopes for oh, a reason. It's not called it's not called you know championship trophies.
3: Yeah, right?
2: it's not the name of the pod.
3: No, no, it's like they maybe next year. I mean, but we're kind of in a we're kind of in a mid two thousands ish uh, uh, role with the Phillies right now. You know, um, like when they're winning eighty six games and missing the playoffs for like two games every year was awful.
2: Boa, the boa squad.
3: Yes, the boa years.
2: Underrated. I thought Bowen did a better job than people give him credit for. Um, all right, uh the bullpen moves. Uh since we last spoke, Brandon Kinsler to a minor league deal. I'm sure he'll make the major league roster. He's better than
3: ninety percent of the guys in the well, bullpen. I mean they paid him uh, they paid him three million dollars. Three million
2: dollars when he gets to the major league roster. Right. Well and, and also Hector, it, and it, heck it,
3: it, it's so okay, we'll
2: go one by one. Let's go all Kinsler.
3: All right. Well no, it's just, it's so, you know, it's so cute the whole minor league deal thing, but it's
2: so, it's so silly. It's like, what are we doing here?
3: Right. Well, and he's just going to take Sir Anthony's spot when he's, uh, put on DL in the 17th. So like, it's, he's going to be on a major league roster. Like it's, it's, it's just roster.
2: He had other offers. Like he could have gone right to a major league deal. Like this is chicanery
3: is what it is. Yes. And Bryce Harper did not, uh, Beg for him to be here. To-
2: exactly, Bryce Harper's not like, come play for our, our, you know, the the Reading Fills, please.
3: Yes, yes, come, come, work out with the <laughs> Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. Lehigh I'm
2: Valley, up- it's you'd love it there, Brandon. Yeah, it, it'll be great for you. Yeah, even
3: yeah. though you've had the uh, sub two five ERA the last yeah, two years. you've
2: closed in the majors in the last two years. Yeah, so, yeah it's all good. Yeah,
3: come so on. Kinsler's Kinsler's funny. Um, you know, I I, I like the experience that'll bring back there. I am just terrified of old relievers who've been good recently that the Phillies bring in. I know that's kind of unfair of me because I, I think that's generally a stupid strategy and scarred. Right. Scarred. And it's not like they're paying him real money, so it's not like you know, it's not like Robertson or whatever. It's it's a it's a pretty uh a pretty low risk, decently
2: million for one year is fine. Right. It's totally fine. Yeah.
3: Right. But I, I, I have I have Jared Hughes uh uh Vibes from this You know Jared Oh
2: stop Don't do that Why are you doing that What are you doing here And
3: I I know I know that I know that JT Probably listens to the podcast So JT I'm sorry for JT just did the eye
2: roll Right now Is listening He just did that eye roll Like in reaction He couldn't even help it You said Jared Hughes And it happens Like a uh, instinct It's like a a reaction
3: Right So uh, JT I'm very sorry Uh, It just like It's like I think he's good Like I think he'll be good Ultimately It was a good signing And you know Whatever It's just 91 mile an hour throwers with sink like sinker ballers don't exactly excite me, and I generally just wait for them to fall off a cliff and and give it all back. So I'm hoping that doesn't happen here. And I do like how competitive he is. I like you know I, he kind of rallied that Marlins bullpen behind him last year just with the whole Ricky Botalico calling them bottom feeders thing. You know he kind of took that and uh, took that and ran with it. So you know I do think he brings valued leadership back there. Um, I think he provides. You know, he's closed he's had twelve saves last year. I mean he's he's closed games in the major leagues and I just I just hope that at age thirty seven this isn't the year it all comes apart for him. Yeah. But I mean fingers crossed. Yeah, I mean but the Phillies just have not had luck with these kind of signings. And it's it's only three million dollars. I get it, and I think he's I think he's going to be good, but there's just there's just some scars for me.
2: Yeah, I totally get that. I'm I, I'm fine with it. I don't I we had so many horrendous relievers last year who were young and unproven and all that, that I'm not scarred either way. I'm just, whenever the bullpen comes into a game, I'm going to be scarred because last season, like just flat out, but I'll, I'll feel better with Brandon Kinsler coming out there than a lot of guys. Like, again, he has had a, a solid track record, certainly, especially like later in his career. I mean, really the best years of his career have been like the last four years, you know? So, you feel good about that. You feel like he's figured out who he is and all that. And again, just a a, a professional Major League Baseball reliever who's gotten big outs before. To me, it's like I'm down. <laughs> that's how that's how beaten down I am, Jack. Like what you've a gotten novel concept. outs in Major League Baseball games before. Sure, yeah. Come on in,
3: please. Come on down.
2: Come on down. Uh, and look, you save games, all that stuff. I, I'm I'm very fine with the signing. I have no issues with it. In on that. Another yes. one, actor Rondon, I think maybe even a better signing considering the money. I mean, Rondon for 1.75, like another guy who's actually saved games in Major League Baseball before. What do you think about the Rondon move?
3: All right. So first thing I want to figure out, is it Rondon or is it Rondon?
2: So I have heard Rondon, and we know. Trust me. You don't need to go into the whole thing. I know. I'm not the foremost expert on this. I'm not claiming to be the baseball men. When it comes to these names, but I'm pretty sure it's Rondon. I, think, I feel pretty confident.
3: Okay, well, I think it's Rondon, and we can oh, let oh, we, oh, we can let we can let the high hopes listeners let us please, know because please, I've always please. called him Hector Rondon. So uh, we all remember when you called Anthony Rendon, Anthony Rendon. I remember. All right, I remember
2: this one. I I used to call him Rondon too. I'm pretty sure it's Rondon.
3: Okay. Okay, it doesn't sound right. I'm just going to be honest. It doesn't sound right. I'm sure, I'm sure it right. doesn't. Um, yeah, so he's interesting because like his velo didn't really drop off last year, but he got crushed with his fastball. Like it was still 96-97, um, but it was getting smoked. Like I, I watched some uh some of him on like Baseball Savant and I my main takeaway was like, wow. No one liked missing down the middle quite like Hector Rondon last year. So um, not the best idea or not the best takeaway, I guess, from from a first impression standpoint. But, you know, at least he throws hard. I, I know that sounds crazy, but at least he throws hard. And I think if he's still throwing hard, you don't see that dip in velocity. And he was pretty nasty a couple years ago. I really used to love watching him pitch. I always felt like the ball exploded out of his hands. And um, yeah, with the Cubs, he was good. He was legit with yeah. The Cubs. Yeah, he was. Um, and those Astros teams and all that. So I, uh, I have always liked watching him pitch. I've always watched him and think, wow, this guy has some stuff. Um, it's the right kind of guy to give back there. Again, a minor league deal doesn't really hurt them. At least it's not. At least it has upside. On like you know Bud Norris and all that from last year. And I think it's the right kind of guy to give the Caleb Cotham and those guys and um, just kind of look at his look at uh, you know his pitch design. And uh, boy, that's that's a nerdy nerdy term. But uh, his- oh,
2: it's so nerdy! By the way, so real quick, should we t- should we try this out? I pulled up a video of him pitching. Okay. Let okay. Hold on.
3: How's it sound? I'm
2: gonna turn the volume. Let's see. Ready?
3: Yeah. Oh, oh, oh I Love you to Rondo. hear that. Love to hear that. Um, so yeah, so with pitch design, you know, I think that they can get him back to maybe you know, what he was doing well and, and all that fun stuff. So, you know, the... the de- Ron
2: Doan! Yes. My guy. Yes,
3: you're a guy. You knew his name this whole time. Um,
2: I, I'm so annoyed with this. Yeah, I'm you so know, annoyed.
3: you're great at a lot of things, James. Names, you are... It's just not your strong suit. I
2: hate you. <laughs>
3: uh <laughs> hector Rondon. damn it hector Rondon. yep not what even.
2: happened buddy
3: yeah i didn't I did, that didn't sound right off the uh when, uh-huh. he, when he said uh-huh. it so i'm glad uh-huh. i'm glad it cleared that up
2: yeah i'm excited to have him here uh I, you're I mean, excited to have
3: him, him here yeah I, I think it's a little uh, strong excited you know,
2: I, again i i okay again i'm at the point where any guy who has gotten outs in major league games is like sure I'll take a shot on you. I'm so beaten down, Jack. And I have not felt the fervent need to fix this bullpen. That's been my – I've enjoyed the Phillies front office. I mean, for, uh, front, Phillies offseason, front office is offseason. Whatever you're going to say, I've enjoyed it. I think for the most part, you know, they're running it back. <laughs> <laughs> but for the most part, I mean, let's be real. But I have not – like, if it was me, if it were me, excuse me, the subjunctive, let's be right here. Sure. If it were me, and I were in charge, as we did our perfect off season, like, I'm putting more resources into the bullpen. Like, I am spending, I know it's a crap show ever, but like, I'm coming off the worst bullpen in the history of the freaking sport, at least in modern times in the sport. The worst ever. Like, I I can't let that happen again. I can't do that to my fan base event. I love the Bradley signing, but otherwise it really feels like they've kind of been like, oh, let's sign these lower radar guys under the radar guys. And again, that's where I'm at. I'm excited to have Kinsler here. I'm excited to have Rondon here, but, it doesn't feel like the urgency to fix this bullpen has been enough for me. I, that's my biggest criticism. And again, I'm pretty happy with what they've done. But my biggest criticism is, like, you should have done everything possible. Like, whatever you have to do. I have almost say, like, forget other positions. Fix this bullpen. Like, we can't do this again. And I'm not sure that it's happened. Like, I feel better about it. But I definitely don't feel, like, awesome with this pen.
3: Yeah, I mean, and, and let me say this. I like the Archie Bradley signing at the moment. I could love oh, it's it. It's a good
2: point. It's a good point. I loved it when it first happened, right. and since I have backed off a little bit, uh,
3: I, but I, not I, for
2: <laughs> baseball reasons. Just to yes. Say.
3: I mean, I currently like the Archie Bradley signing, but I want to back get back to loving the Archie Bradley yeah, signing. It's a great point, Jack. So, it's a
2: great point. I don't want it was a
3: misstep by me. It's a great point. Yeah, I don't want to go overboard but I'm just saying there is one thing that could happen that could get us back fully in on Archie Bradley. So I
2: mean we we would be calling it probably the greatest signing of the offseason if you know something happened.
3: Yeah, we would get the the most the, the the best Phillies fans in the in the country fully behind the team again.
2: And that's what I don't get. Like why wouldn't you want to come on and talk to the best Phillies fans that there are? Like yes. the top Phillies fans, the ones who care the most. The ones who literally think about it 24 hours a day, who eat, breathe, and sleep Phillies again, diseased Phillies fans. Like, why? I don't understand why you wouldn't want to reach out to that group of people. I'm just saying. Yeah. So yeah. Whatever.
3: Whatever. We, whatever. We, 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 whatever. We like, we like the signing. Not sold yet. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so so to, so make me feel better about the
3: bullpen. Act. Make me feel better. Yeah, uh, make you feel better about the bullpen. Yes, I don't please. know if I can make. I don't know if I can make you feel better about the bullpen. No, Great. I awesome. No, but like, but I, but I also th- I don't think you're, I don't think you're totally factoring in, and I and I get it because we haven't seen these guys, and I know that I'm the prospect guy, and I'm the guy that believes in these guys probably a little bit too much like me and their parents right like that's that's who support yes. them as much as i
2: actually think with nick pavetta that for a time you loved him more than his parents or certainly certainly did more for his career than his parents did
3: there's yeah. no question about well that. no i would say it was it was it was four people okay it was okay. nick's mom nick's dad me and high bloom
2: <laughs> well hi I'm only because of you so yes. it's like one because of the other right yes. I mean if we're being real about that's, it
3: that's right Glassnode 2.0 um, <laughs> uh, um, uh, What a, I can't believe it's reached Red Sox Nation like I
2: want to now 2.0 what are we doing I know what are we doing here I
3: know I want to warn him like I want to say he's not because he, he's not I mean he's not now 2.0 um <laughs>
2: like what are we th- glass now six seven yes. and a, like a freak what are we doing and what are we talking like,
3: about and throws like a hundred you know and has rise did you hear
2: that the, the glass now story about what he does to get angry did you see that
3: yes it was hilarious <laughs> it's so ridiculous I love he also it. looks way too much like the guy from peaky blinders
2: oh he's way too handsome tyler glass now is a a handsome fellow
3: yeah, he looks like the guy from Peaky Blinders, but I can never tell. I who don't is watch who.
2: Peaky Blinders, well, all right, so I all right. can't corroborate that. Well, but uh, no, 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 he's a no, handsome
3: no. dude. No, while I am talking here for a second, I need you to look, look up. Look it the, up? Okay, yes, okay. Look up should the Peaky Blinders.
2: What's the name? Do I just say guy from Peaky Blinders? Yeah, like or what? the lead.
3: Like, if you just type in Peaky Blinders. Tom Hardy?
2: Are you talking about Tom Hardy? No, Isn't he the lead of Peaky Blinders?
3: I don't know. I've never watched the show.
2: Oh, okay. Peaky blinders. Yeah, I, think I think it's Tom Hardy, right? Isn't he the, the guy on it? I love Tom Hardy, but I don't think he really looks like Glass now. Oh, you're talking about Cillian Murphy yes. for sure. Yes. yes. He totally looked that Jack. That is so perfect. Yeah, Like I couldn't, it, it's one of the most on point things you've ever said. Tyler Glass now is silly. If they ever made the Tyler Glasnow story, Cillian Murphy is the lock of all locks to play him. What a good call. Hundred percent
3: with you. I, I. Why would they make a Tyler Glass-style story?
2: I'm just saying. No, man. I know, I know. I I'm know. trying to. They I'm, might. I'm trying they to. They might. I'm trying to go maybe through he my head. the Best pitcher in the history of baseball, Jack. That's on the table.
3: Yeah. Well, maybe if he could figure out how to get outs in the postseason, <laughs> he'd be a little better. But um, um, yeah, he's he. Yeah. If you go, if you, know what we're ta- if you don't know what we're, if you don't know we're talking about.
2: Uh, (laughs) Because we just it was a total non sequitur out of nothing I know,
3: I know What we're talking about is uh, Chaim Bloom, I guess, uh, through the Athletic the other day Was competing with Eric Neander Who uh, should have still come here But we're fine Um, And he said that the the report was that Chaim Bloom thinks that Nick Pavetta is Glassnode 2.0 And uh, I would just like to tell you, Chaim (laughs) He's not um but that's okay i hope the best for you and i hope he well i don't know if i hope he turns into the glass now soup 1-0. actually i do hope he turns in the glass should. i mean it's After,
2: definitely the best outcome for oh you. my
3: gosh i mean every still james every freaking day i get pivetta sure. it's I'm every sure. day it's every day so yes i would like to be proven right that is true that is me um, I, that is
2: so you. Yeah. <laughs> so you. Yeah.
3: Yes. So um, yes. I don't know which is more, which is a more ridiculous comp: Pavetta being Glass now 2.0, or Kingery being uh, Dustin Bedroya with more talent. Oh man.
2: It's hard to say, man. I
3: know. They're they're, bo- they're both really bad. <laughs> both both are rough. They're comps. both bad. Yes. they're not good. Yes. it's not good. Um, so back to the bullpen. Um, yes. I was about to say, where were we? We were how at the bullpen. We, yeah, we were we at the bullpen. Better? I uh I do believe in the Phillies bullpen. Um, and I believe in it because of guys taking step forwards, like a Connor Brogdon, like a JoJo Romero, like a Damon Jones. You know these guys that are coming up through the minor leagues that are starting to throw harder, starting to figure their stuff out, starting to actually have wipeout stuff. Maybe for Francisco Morales late in the year. I think he's a a bullpen kind of guy. So, yes, you know, some of the moves they make is good. I mean, Jose Alvarado, Archie Bradley. We like the Archie Bradley move. Don't love the Archie Bradley move just yet. We could, of course, get to the loving standpoint. But, um, you know, and, and Kinsler's good, adding more depth from that standpoint. But I am just very bullish on on Brogdon, Romero, Damon Jones, Francisco Morales. If they want to put Vinny back there, you know. I God forbid another Vinny breakout year. But I, I'm buying in once again, baby.
2: Well, I'd rather have him there than as the fifth starter, that's right? For
3: sure, right. But but you're giving those kind of weapons to the to the back end of the bullpen. In your
2: this is what what Jack's trying to say here, without saying yes. it, is he has the utmost fullest completest belief in Caleb Cotham. That's really what that you're trying to it's say. Not so just, am I right, it's not right? just it's,
3: it's Caleb Cotham, but it's also Travis Hergert and it's also Pat Robles. And like my guys down in the player development, I believe in what they're doing. And I just think that they're gonna get the, the optimum outcome out of the talent that is coming through the minor leagues. And I think that we started to just see that last year with JoJo and, and Brockton and I anticipate all of this getting better. So Yes, it is. It is bullish. I understand it is it is shooting for the moon, but it's what I believe. And I believe in 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 those guys. And I believe in the guys coming up through the system.
2: OK, uh, I want to get to what's next. Did they do enough? NLEs quickly, can we just do this as as quickly as human humanly possible? Win loss. Just f- no flat out. No. Oh, win loss. We to through 162. Was that your plan for tonight? I thought that's what we're, we're, I
3: thought. That's what we're leading
2: with. <laughs> okay, uh, can, we can quickly just agree, like flat out, no on yes. Adubal Herrera, and we yes. can just move forward. Yes.
3: Okay. I, there's cool. there's no cool. reason he. That should
2: is be uh, yes. That is us addressing the Adubal Herrera situation. No. Yes. Okay. <laughs> next. Um, what's next? Are they done?
3: Um, I don't know. I I, I there's just a. There's a. I don't know how close they are to the luxury tax. I don't know what their budget is. I don't know that off the top of my head.
2: We should check. Johnny
3: Heller's been really. good I know. I know. I know. And I, I feel like Johnny. he always puts I'll it. I'll take out, a quick look. Well, I, I, I feel like he always puts it out like in the middle of the podcast, you know, which is much appreciated. <laughs> um, so uh, again, I don't know exactly where they are, but I just think that, you know, if 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 a Paxton, a Taewon Walker, like these guys, you know. Um, you know, some of the bullpen pieces that are still out there. If we're getting closer to spring training, I can just see Middleton just being that competitive spirit that I do think he is just being like, these guys will make my team better next year. Let's give it a shot. So I don't, I think they would, I think in their heads, they're probably done. You know, you, you might see some, some minor signings and whatever. That'll probably be like the, the Matt Joyce's and, and Brandon you Kinsler know, Kinsler's better than that, but you know what I mean? Like the, the scrap heap type, but I just think the longer these guys stay out there, I could see them pulling the trigger on a on a bigger ish name and um, and just saying, listen, we're gonna try to compete this year, and this guy makes us better, and we're getting him a massive discount. So I don't know if they're done, um, but I, I I I think the big signings are done, but I I do still think that if one of these guys are out there, I could totally see them being like, you know what, screw it, let's just let's just sign him.
2: I hope so. And uh, for what it's worth, last time Johnny tweeted about it was February third. Uh, they were seven million below where they were last year. I think they've made signings since then. So well, they're Kinsler, probably pretty...
3: yeah, Kinsler was after that. Yeah.
2: And that's my ideal. So I guess it doesn't count until it becomes a major deal, but I'm sure they're budgeting for that and all that. Yeah. But the point is they're they're right up against it. You know, if anything else, a small mover too. It is interesting that they were connected to Paxton and Walker and uh, Jake O'Dorisi, those like top Three starters still in the market.
3: God, um, I would be so happy. Like ah, uh, uh,
2: any of the three, any like any of those three guys. What a win! I know. What, well, and it's a, like what a win it would be.
3: For as excited as you were for the JT and uh, DD podcast, like I don't know, man. I would be just as ecstatic to have one of those guys just at this point, given our rotation, and being able to add one of those pieces to this rotation would just—I'd be over the moon.
2: It changes everything, especially if we're we're under the assumption, like we talked about before, that we don't expect Spencer Howard to be a contributor, at least certainly early in the season, and maybe even really the first half of the season or whatever. And then, like you said, them the optionality of oh, saying, "All right, come up, but put you- yeah, yeah, you know what I'm doing here." <laughs> Shout out to Sam, that's our guy. Um, like that, that it does give you optionality, though. It allows you to say, "All right, you know, we can bring Spencer Howard up and make him a a two inning dominant." You know, seventh, eighth inning guy or whatever. I mean, that's a massive weapon if they're competing and all that type of stuff. So I do think that the more stars they have, the more flexibility they have from that perspective. And and the guys they got now, it's it's hope. It's it's potentially good eat innings or or maybe Matt Moore is better than we expect, or whatever. But if you sign an Odorizia, Paxson, or Walker, like, it's like, all right, that's our that's our four, really our three in certain cases. But, like, we're set. Like, we're good. Now we're just kind of figuring out the fifth starter because before we had felt so confident with the three, as, you know, the obvious three, and then, and then Howard, and then it's like, all right, Vinny or Anderson or whoever, like, now it's like, oh, like... If they don't do something else, we could and and Matt Moore turns into the reliever potentially. We we think he could be most effective as. I mean, you're talking about Chase Anderson and and Vinny or something like that as your four or five, and that's very not compelling. So I, I'm with you. I, I do think that hopefully they'll look at this squad and say, you know what, screw it. You know, let's go a little bit more in or whatever. Or if nothing else, obviously you hope that if they're competitive, and I do think that if they're competitive and they have an opportunity to trade for something later on that puts them over. I I do think that's a situation where they would absolutely do it. Um, But, you know, it is, you know, it's, it's hope at this point with that. Um, So with that in mind, like, do you think they did enough?
3: I'm very happy with the off season. You know, just the fact that DD's back, JT's back, um, the, the Archie Bradley signing was big. The Alvarado trade was interesting. I would still like one more interesting trade. I don't know. Like, Trades excite me. I, I, just to I know you've I been know. asking one for a while. I know. I, I mean, feel, like, I feel like since we started this podcast, my only thing yeah. is like, can I get one cool trade? Um, but yeah, I think they. I think from what I was expecting, and given the the luxury tax constraints, yeah, I, I think they did. I I would have preferred uh, a higher upside signing uh, with the Chase Anderson and Matt more money, but you know, whatever. I mean, hopefully it works out. Hopefully you get. <laughs> like I don't know, four years ago, Matt Moore. Um so yeah, I, I, I'm f I'm fine with it. I am happy with the off season and I think it's just setting the table for for a good year that they could make the playoffs. And then really next off season is hopefully, you know, they add another big piece. Yeah.
2: That's where I'm at too. All right. Before we get to the uh take bag, last thing uh for me at least, uh at all least you know, uh, Braves bring back Ozuna. They've had a nice offseason. Um, the Nationals didn't do a ton, but, you know, still have some talent. Certainly, so don't all that. The Mets, of course, with a massive offseason and potentially still more, though. Please sign Jake Arietta. He was great here. Yes. New York Mets. If Stevie, Uncle Steve, I know you listen. He's great. Jake Arietta is such a wonderful guy to have on your team. And and Every aspect, so certainly sign him. Great, um, great for
3: you, the great for the young players too.
2: Yeah, he's just a great guy to be around. Like really, just an awesome guy who yep. everyone loves. The fans will love him. The players love him. It'll be great. Uh, he will never throw any other players under the bus. He'll take it all on himself when he has issues. It'll right. be great. Um, did they? Where do you think they stack up right now? Because I think you know you look around the NL East. You talk a lot. I think a lot of people are saying fourth best team. Some people are saying fifth best team. I see nah. third best team here and there. You know, You really don't see them in those top two spots much. How do you think they stack up right now with, you know, potentially a few more moves to go in this division, but for the most part, these teams kind of looking what they'll probably look like to start the season?
3: Well, let me tell you one thing, James. Uh, I saw the Dakota projections the other day. I will will eat a freaking shoe if the Mets win 95 games. Get out of here with that crap. That Mets team is not winning ninety five games. I don't care. I
2: don't think so either. They're but still like still the Mets. I think I think they're more likely to win ninety five than eighty five.
3: Well, yeah, I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, I'm just saying. I mean, 85 is a playoff team, potentially.
3: Potentially. I I was I was annoyed when I saw the ninety five. Let's not let's not overrate the Mets. Although although once a week I feel like I forget they traded for Lindor. You I mean, know?
2: Lindor, that's the biggest re like he's I know. He Changes everything, like he changes everything. I know. It's just,
3: I just can't tried. believe they Lindor. I it
2: breaks my soul. I he's, know. My I like, know. he's my favorite guy, like, you're my favorite guy.
3: So bombed! I know. I try not to think about it. I try, I, I try.
2: I know. I know. You're the one who brought it up. You I know. Jerk.
3: But either way, they're not winning 95 games. Although, uh, there's two Mets rumors out there today that are well. So the one the one pa- re-
2: the one is scary. If they sign Paxson it's like,
3: oh, Oh, no, I'm no. Not no. Cool. That's that's not what I'm talking about. There's there's one that's way scarier. Oh, scary there's, there's another there's, one. Oh, great. Awesome. There's one that's way scarier than that. I'll tell you that in one second. The first one is the Chris Bryant trade. That one's still apparently out there that oh, they might funny. be working on. But, you know, Chris Bryant whatever. He's good, but he I agree with you. He's good, but I I'm not ready to say that Chris Bryant is a you know, a superstar. Yeah, don't cut this audio. if <laughs> He has a bounce back here. <laughs> um, <laughs> former, like, MVP-level player Chris Bryant. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. And let's never bring up Bryant-Lent um, in this discussion. But the other one is from from Craig what Carton. Ta- what's Bryant-Lent? I know. I don't know what you're talking uh, about. From Cart- Craig Carton up in New York. He, he said that uh, they have touch base with the A's about a Matt Chapman trade. So, Oh,
2: shut up. <laughs> shut up, Carton. Shut up.
3: Yeah, that'd be, that'd be devastating. I
2: Shut up, Chris.
3: That would be absolutely devastating.
2: Why we, is, Matt Chapman's such an A's guy. Like, he's cheap. He's, he's one of the best players in this position, the sport. Like, don't what are you doing?
3: Yeah, don't but you, you know, he's also. Such I a, know yes. that
2: he's coming up. They're going to have to pay him. Like, yep. I get it. I know the A's do their thing. I'm just yep. not 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 down with that. Yes. All
3: right. Yeah. Next offseason, I need the Phillies to be in on the Matt Chapman trade sweeps.
2: Yeah. Move Boom to first. Yes. Do whatever the hell you want with Reese Hoskins. Bring me Matt Chapman. Oh. How about that?
3: I love them. Um so yes, that is that is terrifying if they if they trade for Matt Chapman. But um you know, the Mets sure, they'll be right up there. I just I trust the Braves will probably win the division. I think the Phillies are the third best team in the division. I think the Marlins stink. You know, I'm not I'm so, I'm so not on this Marlins like like oh, like they're going to be they're just building and building and no. The, the, I I think the Marlins stink. And I just don't buy into the Nationals talent. I just I don't. You know, I think it's a bunch of old dudes. I think they're fine, you know. Um, Soto's, Soto versus Acuna for the MVP is going to be amazing. Um, but I, I just, I don't buy into that team anymore. I don't, I don't, I don't see the talent there. I don't see the, the moves that made this off season is something to really be worried about. And I just, I had this weird feeling about Dombrowski that I, I just trust the way that he puts together a baseball team. I think they'll be competitive next year. And, um, I, I think they'll I think they'll have the third best record in the NL East. And, uh, you know, I am really genuinely excited for the NL East. You know, we talk about all the time the NFC East, and like, uh, you know, I I am uh, working here. Obviously, our average listener is probably what like thirty five to well, thirty five to fifty four ish. James, you would say. Are you talking on like radio? Yes, at WIP. Yeah, like, our average some of that, right? maybe yeah. maybe even a little older, but yeah, yeah, dude. And I'm so jealous every single time people talk about the '90s NFC East. And that's kind of where we're at with today's NL East. Like it's loaded, man. Like it is legitimately loaded. It should be a battle. And really, rivalries are just great for the sport. They're great for baseball. Northeast baseball is different. Um, and it's just those those rivalries going to be back. And hopefully, hopefully, we're back in the ballpark to enjoy it because it's gonna be it's gonna be a dogfight. And I just I cannot wait. I cannot wait to get started. I mean, with forty eight days. In 48 days from opening day. It's crazy. I can't believe we're 48 days from opening day. It's crazy. I can't
2: either. I. I it's still, because there was so much uncertainty, it's like, is it really happening? Are they really going to start on time, all that stuff? Uh, I'm with you with the NL East. I actually, to be honest, I actually fear the Marlins more than Nats. I agree with you. I think the Phillies are in that three range. Um, I think the Marlins, look, the Marlins have young talent, and they could take a step forward. I mean, as we know, just with the top of the rotation, I mean, that's, it's good. It's really good and you compete with it. Jazz Chisholm's a really good player who got a taste last year coming up. More than anything, I think I actually think Mattingly's a really good manager. Oh, I've been really get out impressed of here. with him. Get out of here. I think Mattingly's good. I oh. think he does a good job. Um so but I agree with you. I think the Nationals are are I'm not super scared. i but I'm not really scared of the Nats. I, I just think the Mets and Braves are are definitively better. It doesn't always play out that way, but I, I do feel that way. But um, I agree with you for the most part. Speaking of of a month away or a little over a month away, like we do have a schedule. The Phillies open against the Braves on April first. I know,
3: I know, I like saw that's a that's a
2: thing. That's I know. gonna happen apparently. I
3: saw it too. I saw it today, um, and I literally got butterflies. I was
2: I Braves was... Mets Braves Mets. You got bet so you go three against the Braves, Ugh. three against the Mets, three against the Braves, four against the Mets. Let's bleepin
3: go are we doing win loss are we doing win loss right now
2: it's too many games it's too many
3: games. give me 162 baby give me 162 are we doing one loss? <laughs> can you imagine a oh.
2: worse decision for a podcast or radio show to do than to go win loss for 162 games
3: listen all I'm saying It's up there. All I'm saying is if I get an overnight shift before baseball season, I am spending an hour <laughs> I
2: know you
3: are. doing I know you 162 are. win-loss. So wait, it goes it goes Braves, Mets, Braves?
2: Braves Mets, Braves Mets. Oh
3: yeah. Sounds so first. Like, sounds like sounds like nine and three, James.
2: Their first 13 games are against the Mets and the Braves.
3: When is the first rant? Oh, I can't wait. It's good.
2: Mets, like literally Mets, Braves. Like the, the look, it does present an interesting situation for the Phillies where if somehow they could just start the season hot, like it really is a big deal. Like if you could start off, you know, 11 and five in those games or oh. something, obviously, you know, or whatever. No, I said 13 games, excuse me. Uh, like it. 10 and three or or nine and four, like, it's a big advantage, you know. You you do set yourself up well. Baseball, when you get off to a start, really does make a big difference throughout the course of the season That's for right. so many
3: reasons. That's so. right. That's right. It's a good win loss breakdown right there. You know what? I'm terrible. Oh, crush it. You, you know what sucks crush. is like all year we can't wait for opening day and the first month and like baseball every night, and then dude by like the fourth game we're like, I hate this team again. Like there, I know. there's always I'm like so the, there's I'm so ready for that. I can't wait to hate this. They Tilly do
2: game. start at home though, which is fun.
3: Yeah, starting at home. Oh first, no! Uh, first six at home. Oh, yeah. the stupid! I freaking! It's the dumbest thing in the history of sports. Is opening day oh, on Thursday day and I off day it. Friday. I, I can, you it. can bring the DH back in the NL for all I care. Enough with the stupid freaking day off I, after the I first it game itself. of the season. I hate it Oh, it's it's such a joke. It's such a joke. Oh, it's awful. By the way, James, April 19th. Do you see what's on that day?
2: Do I see what is on April 19th? Oh, buddy. Gabe. 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 What other good stuff? I'm just cycling through here. All Star Break, July twelfth. You excited for that? Brave for the All Star Game? Chaim and the uh, Red Sox. No, prior in, to No, it's
3: in Boston. Oh, I would love to go to the. I would love to go to Fenway. Have you never been to Fenway? Well, I've been to Fenway and I've toured Fenway, but I've never seen a yeah, game. Yeah, so no, you've not, so, so, no. I actually, a, I actually it. am. Not, I am gonna make that happen. we
2: please. I'll go to Fenway. Let's should, do it. Fenway's do, great. Should we do? I've been a, in a while.
3: Should we do a high hopes road trip?
2: High hopes road trip to Fenway? Yes.
3: Love, that, love that, when we impromptu plan things on this podcast.
2: Yeah, that sounds like maybe the best. How about this? Tweet us if you're interested in a high up trip to Boston. Oh, let's hope we're all vaccinated yes, up by yes. then and all that good stuff. <laughs> let's make but sure assuming, there's people allowed
3: in the stands.
2: Yeah, assuming the world allows this to happen, I am very in for Femway in July. Are you? Let us know because I, I will. I'm in. I'll make it happen. So let's you know start. what I'm, you know what
3: I'm looking for right now, James. Oh, you know, guess are you are you looking down? Um, uh, June fourteenth. Do you see the signif- June
2: fourteenth? Uh, oh, buddy,
3: a first West Coast fills, uh, which is beautiful. I'm uh, happy it's
2: that long that I get a little break before too many West Coast games.
3: Uh, uh, I love. There's, dude, I swear, so this is, I love. This is West a Coast perfect,
2: fills. perfect, perfect exemplification of our ages. Because I, too, used to love West Coast. Phil- oh, what, a, what an excuse to stay up to one in the morning watching watch the Philsons. So right now, I'm like, bleep my life. Because I have to stay up to 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning and then go to work the next day. So, yeah, I'm an old man. I'll take it. Oh.
3: I'm already I'm already getting giddy about West Coast Phil. I'm bills, sure you
2: are, buddy. I'm sure you are You know are. what
3: I you know I always think about though is like do you remember the game that cutched towards ACL and it was like we had to wait till freaking like two in the morning to oh, 2 like so two thirty in the morning just to see if, if the, the news was out and it was it wasn't. Also, um we get a Yanks we get Yanks and Red Sox this year again, which would be exhilarating. I love I love playing the Yankees and Red Sox. It just you know me makes too. makes me feel like baseball is like baseball again. So yeah, it feels baseball. I, uh, I'm it's a perfect way to put it. James, when I say I'm, I'm sorry, the the a tear is starting to come down my cheek. <laughs> I believe it. Uh, you know,
2: you, I, I I so believe it. Oh, um all right. So what beautiful. do you got in the take bag? Because I'm done.
3: Uh, all right. From from one thing to another. How about this? Do I have permission to take?
2: Uh, yes, that's the point. That's what we do.
3: Matt Moore is going to be Drew Pomerantz 2.0 here. Oh, stop. Oh,
2: Jesus. <laughs> Let's see him getting out.
3: Oh, right. dude, Drew Pomerantz stunk before two years ago. I think I can believe in Matt Moore a little bit. Sure. Here's why. Two reasons. One, 87-mile-an-hour cutter is what he was averaging in 2019 with the Detroit Tigers. He allowed one bunt base hit off of it. I understand it was a start-and-a-half and a total of 9 innings but but um <laughs> it was it was diving um and it's a really good tunneling pitch off of his knuckle curveball which I'll get to in one second but um it's it was 87 it finally had some depth to it i think if he can get it to 89 90 miles per hour again I think the cutter is a legitimate weapon for him. But the reason why Matt Moore is going to turn into Drew Pomerantz 2.0, and please credit this podcast if it happens, and if it does not happen, please do not credit this podcast. (laughs) Um, It's because of that knuckle curve. And in his career, out of 863 pitches to left-handers with his knuckle curve, James, how many hits do you think that Matt Moore has allowed?
2: So – how many is, batters is, was it? No, no, no. He's, he's,
3: he's uh, throwing 863 pitches. Out of those, how many have they resulted in hits?
2: Oh, oh, oh! I got you. Um, uh, I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess lower than I probably would have because obviously you wouldn't ask a right question. Let's say 55,
3: 45. Um, so he's okay. lost 45. So, so that's really low.
2: I guessed very low on purpose.
3: Yes. Right. 45 he's allowed a total of I believe 13 extra base hits um, out of 863 pitches so um, that pitch is a weapon and I and just in watching some of the stuff last year in Japan still had the same kind of uh, movement that it had when it was over here um, so I think if they want to turn him into that um, it would be it would be delightful so um, I'm buying some Matt more stock uh, just I l- this is going to sound weird, but late at nights when I have nothing to do and I don't really want to go to bed yet, I think about Matt Moore and I start to, to do some deep dives into Matt Moore and why I believe in him. So, um, what's
2: funny is that
3: it doesn't sound weird to anyone who listens to this podcast. Yeah, it should. Yeah.
2: You're right. It should sound weird. It
3: doesn't. I know. Well, because Jill, uh, so she doesn't really fall asleep well if we go to bed together. So I've been trying to let her to go to bed first. Oh, and, look at you! Yeah, and I'll stay up extra late just so that she can fall asleep. Wait,
2: hope- hold up. So is that a you thing or is that like a TV thing? Like Emily, Emily has uh, over the years, I, I have I have gotten away from watching TV when I go to bed because Emily is not great with the TV on when she goes to bed. But like I can read a book or whatever. Um, but I've I've just grown out of watching TV. In the Is it a TV thing or is it a you thing?
3: Uh, it's a me thing. We don't have a TV. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely a me thing. Um, um, yeah, it's, hard to blame her. I yeah, it. yeah, it. it's it's a it's definitely a me thing. So I just try to let her hopefully fall asleep, and then I can kind of slide in late at night and hopefully not wake everyone up. So um, yes, I uh, so I was staying up a little bit later, thinking a lot about Matt Moore, um, <laughs> and it's great. It's great. <laughs> you might need to find better uses of your time. I don't know. Listen, I'm just saying. Listen. I don't think I do. Anyway. Um, I know you don't. Trust me. I know you don't. <laughs> um, You know what? I'm not going to talk about Vinny tonight because I would just like, no, Please you know don't.
2: what? Be, we're having such a good time. You know, we're having such a good time.
3: I know. I know. But here's don't, a tease. Don't ruin the boot. Don't te- ruin the mood. Here's a tease for next podcast. Other real
2: ones here 50 plus minutes in, whatever. Don't ruin it for them.
3: Here's a tease for next podcast. Buying Ooh. back into Vinny Velasquez. I'll explain no! why.
2: <laughs> ah, all right, are we done? Is that was at the end of the pod? Did no. you just say all right? A no. uh, time to be done. Nope. So I'm just gonna say this thing that's gonna end it because nope. you know.
3: Nope, I got more. Um, I would like to uh, say goodbye to a friend of the podcast, uh, Phil Goslin, signed with ah. the- Signed with the LA Angels. He officially becomes, Shout out to Barrels. He officially becomes the best player in the Angels. And well
2: there there has been lately a lot of talk, different sport, obviously, but there's been a lot of talk about, oh, will you root for Carson Wentz when he goes to another team? And and who cares is my point about that. But what I will say is you're G D right. I am rooting for Phil Goslin on another team. Shout out to Barrels.
3: We yes. love you. Yes, and we'll miss you, buddy. Um um, the Phillies gave an Ned...
2: invitation if you want to come on the pod and talk about Mike Trout and tell us, you know, if he has any regrets, any, you know, maybe he wants to get traded to Philly. I don't know if you want to give us some of that, you know, inside scoop on Trout. We're here, Phil. Uh,
3: so don't forget
2: your, you know, your people.
3: I don't want to talk about Benedict Trout, but um, <laughs> that would be that would be intriguing. Can we ask him? How Do many, you think
2: he went there to play with Trout? You think he was like, "I gotta go play
3: with Mike." I mean, come on, Trout. 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 Uh, does draw stars to come play with him in LA? So, I, I could <laughs> I could totally see that. Um, the Phillies gave a two-year extension to Ned Rice. Um, I actually really like it, and I know that sounds weird, but the guy yeah, it does sound. Weird. I know, but like, so he. he I've you le- just
2: want a little bit of Matt Clentag to still be there and yes. still be involved. Is that what you're?
3: That's exactly like
2: he's like what, the, the, the Matt Clentag proxy yes, that can still
3: exactly be involved.
2: Oh, wait, Matt still there. <laughs> Never mind. Yes. So, yeah,
3: okay. But from he's what, doing I, himself. what I've learned about Ned Rice is that he was the point man on the Harper deal. He was, he, he, I mean, he read the JT Real Mutual Market. So, was, for as much credit as we gave Clentag for reading the market right. I think it was more Ned Rice. So, um, and and Dombrowski shouted him out the other day with the the DD deal. And we both felt like the DD deal was a smart deal. So, um, I think it's a smart thing to keep Ned Rice around. I don't want him to be my GM, but I'm glad he's here for the next two years. Um, And my final thing is, and I, you know, we have to do it. Um, uh, RIP Pedro Gomez, you know, uh, just in watching ESPN over the years, every time he came on, I feel like he just put me in a better mood. And he was a, a smart guy, funny guy, seemed to love baseball. Um and just that news this week was 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 pretty tough to see.
2: Yeah, big time. And and like you said, was one of those guys who like just it seemed like like Kirkchin. You know, one of those guys who when you watch him, you could just Like, how much they love the sport oozes out of them. You know, it's almost like they can't keep it in, like, this just effervescent love for the sport of baseball. And as people like us, the disease Phillies fans and disease baseball fans that we are, like, I know I'm speaking for you when I say when you see people like that, we feel a connection to them, like, drawn to them, because that's how we feel about baseball. And when you see people in these national positions who, like, and especially with so many people who it feels like don't, love the sport they cover or talk about um I'm with you uh Pedro's um outlook and attitude towards baseball was super refreshing and i i really appreciated him so I'm with you that was a tough one
3: yeah for sure for sure so um tough one losing Pedro gomez and uh you know just it's this the, 2021's not off to a hot start but
2: um no yeah no, i mean I lost hank it's just one after the other it's not
3: great I know
2: Chick Corea today. I know that probably won't mean anything to you, but Chick Corea died. That's a huge bummer. One of the great jazz pianists of all time. Awesome, awesome musician. Mm. R.I.P. Chick Corea. Mm. <laughs> I didn't think it would matter to you. There is someone listening to this pod right now who's like, you're damn right, Seltzer. Chick Corea was a genius, and I'm going to miss him. So wow. to that person who is listening right now, I'm with you. R.I.P. Wow. Chick Corea. Rest in power,
3: brother. And I just, I just... I just feel like, you know, the the point that I brought up yesterday is becoming more and more relevant as we keep talking.
2: What what point is that? What, what point did you bring up yesterday, not on the pod, in, together that I'm forgetting about right now?
3: That you, have, that you need to figure out how to be more relatable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you forgot about
2: that. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. right. Yep. you're right all my all my old people references and yep. out of date out of touch stuff just doesn't work yep. how about this jack all right you want to go relatable on you and this will be this will sub it as my final thought okay um did you see the cat video the lawyer cat video I did. it was hilarious i think it's the funniest thing that maybe has ever been on the internet like it's legitimately in the running for the funniest things I've ever seen in my life that when I heard that dude go I'm live I am not a cat yes I like I couldn't control my laughter it was like 3 minutes of me like trying to catch my breath I was laughing so hard shout out to the cat lawyer yeah that was hilarious
3: yeah just I I just need the the backstory as to how that happened but well was... have you seen the
2: picture of the guy too it's like so perfect he's really? like this like southern t- He's got like a cowboy hat it's wow. like the most opposite of the cat that you could be it's perfect
3: yes that was a great video 48 days from opening day
2: <laughs> look at me being related you don't give me any credit for me i know i'm, I'm no like it's good hit. it's good relatability to what's happening you I know. know
3: i know yeah. you, uh, you listen We're, we'll work we'll work on this together pal
2: <laughs> you got any final thoughts
3: I think I think your haircut's fine, that's my final thought. Thank
2: you, I, I was, so for those who don't know, Joe DiCamera ripped me, with the gall of Joe Camera to rip me for haircut on the air. Uh, but like I said, I shaved my head for the first, not shaved, it's like a buzz cut, you know, it's like a clipper's cut, so it's like very, very short hair. I've never done it before in my life, I was very nervous about it, I've never done it before in my life, I was nervous I was gonna have some like, weird birthmark on my head, or right. my head was gonna be misshapen or whatever, and my wife did it, thank you Emily. I thought it looked fine. Like I was like this is fine. I'm I'm all right with this. I'm I'm over my fears of this. And then Joe the Camera tears me apart on the air. It hurt, Jack. I appreciate you saying that.
3: Yeah. I mean, I was stunned when I saw it, but I was I know. It, yeah. I mean, it's fine.
2: Never before in my life. I've yeah. never done it in my life. Yeah. I was like, "You know what?
3: Screw it." Yeah. Yeah, it's the right time to do it. Yeah, right that was my thought. Yeah. And
2: then I get killed on the radio I know. for thousands of people to hear. Right. Millions, I say.
3: Millions, I say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think I think your hair is fine, buddy.
2: Thanks, buddy. Honestly, you made my
3: night with that one. Um,
2: let us know if you're in on
3: Boston. Yes.
2: Because assuming the world works, like we're we're really in for that. I yeah. think that's a super fun idea. in Fenway Park, if you're a disease baseball fan like us and you haven't been to Fenway Park for a game like it's just a must and it's super doable. So let us know if you're in on Femway Park. Um, it's all I got. It's all you got. That's all I got. We'll be back next week. It's Chris Talk.
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.